Philippians chapter 2. I hope you've had a good week so far and good to see all of you. We'll go through here a few verses and then we'll take some time to mention a few prayer requests. Philippians 2, as we're in our study, this is uh, the sixth sermon. Philippians 2 verses 12 through 18 is where we'll be reading and we'll cover these verses. Philippians 2, 12 through 18. I hope you've enjoyed the study of Philippians and if you've missed a few just just read it over and over and I think it's been posted on our Facebook page you can catch up if you need to Philippians 2 let's begin reading in verse number 12 wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring. Boy, that's a good verse. And disputings. Y'all like that verse? That's one of my favorites in the whole Bible. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It's going down to verse 18. Yea, and if I be offered up upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for each one that's come out tonight. We thank you, Lord, for just blessing us with another day. We thank you. We ask you to be with us now as we open up the scripture and share some thoughts that you've given us from these few verses. May you be glorified in all we say or do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a a, a quick recap. I'll do it every week. But this book, and I'm I'm going to give you a, a question here. What's the main theme of the book of Philippians? Joy, thank you. You win the star. You have won the star. I'm sorry. How could I not hear you with that shirt? I mean, I'm hearing you, Benny, loud and clear. (laughs) But this book, see, joy, it's good. This book is a book of joy. And remember, I've said it over and over and over. We can't let people circumstances and the devil steal our joy because the devil didn't give us our joy people surely didn't give us our joy neither did circumstances so this book is a book about joy chapter one the whole focus was the single mindset now we went into chapter two last week and we're looking at the submissive mind Paul showed us a a good pattern as we looked at the pattern or the example of Jesus. Now we're going to go a little further, but Galatians 2.20 says this. I am crucified with Christ. Mm. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live of the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I remember, it's been a long time ago. I was a teenager, and my pastor at the time was Brother Dennis Self. And if I remember one sermon he ever preached in the 10 years he was my pastor, it was out of Galatians 2.20, not I, but Christ. 
And it's one of those that, that hung with me. It's one of those that sticks with me. And it's something that needs to be preached in all of our churches. Amen? Because it's not about us. It's about him. The Christian life is a process of ins and outs. God works in us and we work out. Let's look at three things this evening. And I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. The first thing, there is a purpose to achieve. Look back at verse 12. There's a phrase there that's been misused over and over and over again. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Preacher, we're supposed to work out our own salvation. No, we're not. Just hang on and I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That phrase does not suggest to work for our salvation. It is Paul, remember now, Paul is addressing Christians. He's addressing Christians here. In one one, he says to the saints, and that's those that have already trusted Christ. Paul is saying to them, work out or put your salvation into practice. That's what that means. No, we're not going to work for our salvation. I love them old songs. Just trying to work myself to glory. Not me, but working for your salvation. No, when you get saved, Rick, when you got saved, you have a desire to work. You have a desire. Work is a byproduct. Work comes out of you. You will have a desire to serve the Lord. And that's what Paul is telling us. That phrase, work out, gives us the meaning of work to full completion. In other words, keep serving the Lord until the Lord calls you home. There is no retirement plan until we get to glory. Amen. The word full completion is what that mean, or, uh, phrase means full completion. And in Romans 8, 29, it says this. Be conformed to the image of his son. What does that mean, preacher? It says our lives have a potential to always point to him. Always, always point to him. God wants us to travel a certain path. He's given us each a path. Your path is different from my path. Right now, our paths have joined us together. Right now, we're on a path as a church. But you have your path, and you have your path, and I have my path. But listen to what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Notice it, we were created by him, and we should walk in the way he wants us to walk. Y'all catch that? God has a path. You're on a path. And God says, I want you to walk this way. It's kind of like when you get to the fork of a road. And you, 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 maybe you're at a, a, a fork and you ask some old timer, which way do I go to get to such and such? He'll say, if you'll go that way, it'll take you the right way. Well, you go the other way. What happens? You get lost. Y'all hearing me? God has us on a path and each, each of us have an individ, individual path Jesus will never let us down. 
Now, notice in verse 14, <laughs> I pointed that verse out. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. There are people in this world that think complaining and criticism is a gift. Boy, if it was, I know a lot of them that got it. I don't know y'all well enough yet. I'll figure y'all out. But I had some, when I saw them coming, I said, oh, Lord, here they come. I just would sit down, get my pad out, hand it to them. What do you mean? What's your complaint today? You've always got a complaint. At one church I pastored down in Rock Spring, there was this woman. All she ever did was complain. And the last time we had an a, a altercation, I finally said, this place is not big enough for us. And I ain't going nowhere. And she left. She told her, may I run her off? I said, I don't care what you call it. That woman never had anything positive to say. Let me tell you something. I'm going to mess up. I already have. I've scared poor Shirley to death twice over at the piano. About drove her into a heart attack. Her heart arrhythmia is way out of whack now because I've kicked something and knocked something over. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do something that you think, why do you do that for? You know what I ask you to do? Come to me. Don't go to Richard. Don't go to Benny. Come to me and say, preacher, I got... You said this, you did that. You know what? We'll talk about it because that's what we're supposed to do. Y'all hearing me? Christians are supposed to get together and work out because you see, Paul points out about this world. It's twisted. It's sick. And when people come into God's house, they ought to feel, and I've said it before, unity, love for one another. They ought to feel that because they don't have it out in the world. Look in verse numbers 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We're supposed to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to tell others about him. In the midst of this crooked world, people ought to see that we serve him. Are y'all hearing me this evening? The purpose to achieve. Number two, there's a power to receive. Now, I haven't given any of these outlines to Jason, but what I'll do is I, when we get done, I will give them to him and we can print them out for you if you'd like them. That way you don't have to try to keep up with me because sometimes I'm hard to keep up with. No amen from the woman over here on my right. There's a purpose to achieve. And number two, there's a power to receive. Notice verse 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God must work in us before he can work through us. Y'all get that? God has to work in me before he can work through me. That's good. That's, that's a good Wednesday night preaching right there. And you can look through the Bible and see these situations. One of the ones I have down here is Moses. Moses was put on this earth for a certain task. And because of Moses and his disobedience, his task took a little bit longer to start because he was doing things his own way. God, Moses spent 40 years and in, while he was in the desert for those 40 years, it wasn't a wasteful time. 
Moses learned some valuable lessons in that time in the desert. In that time where he realized and understood what was going through him. And then God used him and worked through him. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And I, God is more interested in the worker than the work. Listen, I'm going to read it. If the worker is what he ought to be, then the work will be what he ought to be. He's interested in the worker. No, he doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants us to work and serve him. They could not, or Paul said here that they were obeyed not in his presence, or just not in his presence, not his presence with them, but their desire to obey God. And he was telling them, when I'm away, my, here's what my daddy used to say, boy, act like somebody. That, that's, that was his great advice as a teenager. Boy, act like somebody. But I read between the lines of Danny Weaver and I knew what he was telling me. If he didn't act like somebody, there'd be trouble. Paul's saying, hey guys, ladies, church, when I'm away, act like somebody. Don't pattern your life after me, Paul said. Pattern your life after Christ. And that's in the first part of chapter two. They, they couldn't build their life on Paul because he was a human. The power that works in us is the power of the Holy Spirit. That word worketh. We get our word energy. Where does your energy come to serve God? It comes from God. If you're trying to do it by yourself, Lord willing, uh, I got some thoughts when I get back and probably preaching some, a few services or a few Sundays, Lord allows me on the Holy Spirit because it is so misunderstood, especially in the Baptist church. People are scared to death of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some places they might go a little overboard with the Holy Spirit. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm not going to get into that. But the Holy Spirit is a real being. And when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. The power that works in us, that same Holy Spirit that empowered Christ... As he was ministering us, that same Holy Spirit that went through them in the church and acts is the same Holy Spirit we have today. I used to always, when I would do some work for my grandpa, and he was, he was kind of rough. I was a teenager working for him, and I would watch him. And I would want to use a hammer with a claw hammer to take a nail out. He said, boy, that ain't what that's for. Well, then why did they put it on there? He would give me a crowbar. Use a crowbar. Okay, whatever. Then I learned you get more leverage from a crowbar. The old man was right. He was teaching me to use the right tool for the job. We have a tool. I don't, I don't want that to sound sacrilegious, but we have something in us called the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is in us Use the power of the Holy Spirit, not, every, not just on Sunday, but every single day. Because the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me go off on a tangent. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. There's not a second, third, fifth, 15th, 20th blessing and all that hogwash. Hogwash is a literal biblical word. You got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. What happens is we tuck the Holy Spirit 
in the bottom of the basement of our house. You go out to get your Christmas lights. You got to get off all of the junk to get your Christmas lights. The Holy Spirit is indwelled inside of us. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Where do we get our energy? We get it from the Holy Spirit. Another tool he's talking about is the Word of God. The Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, you heard of us. You received it, not as word of men, but as the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It says they received the word. They received it. What happens when you receive the word? You learn how to appreciate it. Mm. You learn how to appreciate it. Appreciating the word of God is very important. You treat it like it's infallible, like it has great authority, but also appropriate the word. That means receive it, listen, but let it get inside of you. Let it get inside of you. The more we let the word of God in us, as it says there in verse 13, for it is God which works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. The more we let the word of God work in us, the more we pray, the more we serve him. You know what you're going to have? Joy. Joy. Do you ever just get the word of God and I'm looking for my handkerchief. You ever just get the word of God and begin to read it and you just say, Thank you, Lord. These men, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote this precious word of God. I don't have all the statistics. I, I have it, but I don't have it in front of me. So I'm not going to tell you all of the ins and outs. But it was written by a whole lot of men over across different continents, over using different languages. But it's... One story, cover to cover. When you read the Word of God and you let it get inside of you, it'll change your life. Y'all hearing me? I heard a story one time. A preacher said that there was two guys in a meeting. One was a doctor and one was a pickpocket. They were sitting side by side in this place here in, I, I want to say it's Billy Graham, but I, I don't actually remember. But they were sitting listening to this guy preach, and the Lord began to move in their hearts. That doctor stood up, and he said, I'm going down front. And that pit pocket said, here, I'll go with you. Here's your wallet. God changed him before he ever left his seat. Y'all catch that after a while. When you're eating your dinner, you'll think, oh, yeah. He said, here's your wallet. Y'all hearing me? God changed his life before he ever got up. That's what God does. Ooh, I'm about to take off. I can't. Don't have it in me. Power to, purpose to achieve. Power to receive. And number three, the promise to believe. Look at verses 16 to 18 again. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Let me go ahead and tell you, our labor is not in vain. Our labor is not in vain. When you teach Sunday school, when you play the piano, when you serve as a deacon, when you're singing in the choir, whatever it is you're doing, your labor is not in vain. Sometimes it feels that way. 
But it's not. It's not. Verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. The word joy here is talking about there's a lot of aggression. There's a lot of fighting that was going on. But the greatest example that we saw in the early part of chapter 2 was Jesus because he went and fought the hardest battle that anybody's ever faced. He fought a battle and he lost his life. But he never murmured. He never complained. Hmm. You know what he did? Brother Tom, he went all the way. And died a horrible and cruel and wicked death for you and for me. There is a a twofold joy here. Let me get back to where I was going. Somebody that possesses and practices a submissive mind. Verse 16 tells us there's a joy hereafter. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That's talking about the hereafter. And then the next two verses is talking about a joy here. A joy here. I enjoy, I have joy serving Christ. It's a joy to pastor. It's a joy to preach. It's not a burden, not at all. It's a joy. We all ought to have a joy that when people see us, there's something different. It's that joy unspeakable and full of glory. But we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to be joyful. Hmm. There's a lot of churches I've preached at in my 30 years. I'm thinking, man, alive. Y'all look rough. Not y'all, but some places I've been. Not y'all. None of y'all. None of y'all. Not a one of you. But you go to some places and you're thinking, are they even breathing? I mean, I'm afraid to poke them. They might fall over. But we're supposed to smile. We've got something that the people going up down the road do not have. We've got Jesus. What does the world need? We just sunk about it. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. Y'all still with me? We can joy right now. Paul uses the word joy, rejoice. He repeats them over and over and over Paul saw the sufferings that he was going through, the sufferings that the church was going through as a way to get closer to the Lord. And the time that you're suffering, you don't think that. Nobody does. But it's true. The closer we get to God, the more we suffer, the more we suffer for him, we're closer to the Lord. I'll never forget as long as I live. My mama back in 2014 was in ICU for 11 days. She died twice on the way to the hospital. And she was laying there, hooked up. If there was something they could have hooked her up to, they had her hooked up to it. And I was in the room with my pastor, Brother David Stansel. He sat there and he grabbed her hand and he said, Kevin, right now she's closer to the Lord than she ever has been in her life. And I thought... What a way to look at it. She come out of it. She did well for about a year. But when we're suffering, we don't look at it that way because we're human. 
We're human. When something goes wrong in your life, the first thing, well, I've got joy. No, because we're human. But you know what? Go back to the Holy Spirit leading us, the Holy Spirit using us, the Holy Spirit filling us. We can say, you know what? Right now, my life pretty much stinks, but I still have joy. When we get to that point in our life, it'll change your life. Because the devil will say, wait just a minute. I can't get their soul because they're saved and they got the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to take their joy. But this fruitcake just said he's got joy. Y'all hearing me tonight? Give the devil a black eye. Stick your tongue out at him. Go, na 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 na. You can't have my joy. Alice, don't do that to your sister, your mother, or your father. Don't get me. I don't want a phone call. I have to be careful what I say when kids are in here. I'm always good about saying, work on your prayer time when there's not food involved. Well, our last church, this one little boy, they asked him to pray. And he said, Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. And they said, uh, that's not a very good prayer. He said, my preacher said, I said, oh, Lord. I have to be careful what I say. So I'm be, Alice, you hearing me? Don't do that. Don't you want to be joyful? We have the right. And I didn't say you had to be happy. Remember, happiness is based on circumstances and joy is based on Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayer and then we'll mention a few prayer requests. Our Heavenly Father, we love you tonight and we thank you that we can, we can have joy. No matter what's going on in our life, as hard as it may be, as hard as things are for some people right now, we're not making light of it, but we can have joy. We can have that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory.